Greetings, and welcome to Ashram's podcast series. Today, Catherine Schaefer, Senior Manager, Accreditation and Compliance at MedIQ, presents five things risk managers need to know about human trafficking. You may think your healthcare facility is in a small, quiet area. Unfortunately, human trafficking is present in all parts of society and no community is immune to this crisis. It might be happening right under your nose, this type of human slavery. So let's look into what a risk manager needs to know about human trafficking. Number one, humans are renewable commodities. So how does the human trafficking business differ from, say, dealing drugs? A drug is consumed and additional quantities have to be obtained to repeat the desired effect. Conversely, humans can be bought and sold multiple times daily, a reusable commodity. Perpetrators recognize the expendable nature of their product and exploit them to the fullest capacity. U.S. law defines human trafficking as the use of force, fraud, or coercion to compel a person into commercial sex acts or labor or services against his or her will. Key words within this definition include force, coercion, and fraud. A victim may initially be a willing person, but soon is kept against their will. Further, trafficking is about power and control. In short, the victims are misled, cheated, and promoted as a product or service. Victims may be recruited for one or more of 25 classifications of human trafficking, including commercial sex trade, agriculture, peddlers and begging, commercial cleaning, health and beauty services, massage, domestic work, landscaping, traveling carnivals, and construction work to name just some of the areas where trafficking flourishes. Victims often remain in trafficking situations due to threats to their family, intimidation, isolation, and manipulation. Human trafficking is truly the 21st century rendition of slavery. The International Labor Organization estimates that there are 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally. Human trafficking is a global health concern with victims experiencing STIs, physical injuries, burns, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal ideations, substance abuse, malnutrition, and more. Although the victim is classified as a reusable product, captors do not place value on their health or well-being as they can be simply replaced. Number two, around 50% of trafficking victims access U.S. healthcare during their exploitation. Ironically, some trafficking victims actually work in healthcare. Usually, the victims seek treatment when the complaint is such that they cannot perform their duties. This situates healthcare in a unique position to identify victims of human trafficking and to intervene when possible. There are significant red flags which indicate that a person may be a victim of human trafficking. These red flags include being accompanied by a controlling person, identified as a family member, partner, or employer, poor eye contact, and looking for the other person to speak for them, confusion about their location or address, state or city, they may state they are just visiting, lack of identification and or insurance, recent arrival from out of the country, controlling person speaks for the victim and completes any paperwork, a refusal to change into an exam gown or allow a physical exam, and they decline referrals to specialists, 
They may pay cash for services. They may have unusual tattoos, such as barcodes or property of tattoos. Their stories seem scripted or inconsistent with their complaint. They may exhibit signs of substance abuse and or addiction. Malnourished or inappropriately dressed for their age, weather, or circumstances. And they may not speak English and will refuse interpreter services. Shame and fear prevent victims from speaking up to healthcare providers, even when there are opportunities away from their captor. Not surprisingly, victims have significant trust issues, and simply speaking up to a stranger is terrifying. Healthcare as a system may be vilified by the captors, increasing this mistrust. Often, captors will lie and create plausible stories to get victims the medical care that is needed, and will instruct the victims to play along with the confabulation or risk significant punishment. Number three, one in four victims of modern slavery worldwide are children. One study revealed 80% of child trafficking victims had healthcare encounters during their captivity. Children who are victims of human trafficking are also considered victims of child abuse. Force, fraud, or coercion do not have to be proven. This situation requires mandatory reporting in all states. Child victims are less likely to disclose their situation as they have limited resources and are less likely to be able to protect themselves from their captor. They often accept without question their situation and fall prey to ongoing manipulation by the trafficker. Immature brain development and limited executive functioning render adolescents prone to risk-taking and seeking immediate gratification rather than analyzing any potential dangers and weighing their options. Younger victims lack the verbal skills to disclose and the social maturity to recognize their exploitation. Number four, there are identified risk factors that make individuals more vulnerable to trafficking. According to the Polaris Project, human trafficking can happen to anyone, but some people are more vulnerable than others. While sex trafficking affects all demographics, people who lack strong support networks have fewer economic opportunities, have experienced violence, or who are generally marginalized are particularly vulnerable. Significant risk factors include recent migration or relocation, substance use, mental health concerns, involvement with the child welfare system, and being a runaway or homeless youth. LGBTQ youth are also susceptible to human trafficking. Often, traffickers identify and leverage their victims' vulnerabilities in order to create dependency. Traffickers use a variety of control tactics, such as physical and emotional abuse, isolation from family, promises to meet an unmet need of the victim, such as money, property, or drugs, as well as guarantees for care and money for their family. Additionally, threats of deportment, unpaid debt, or unobtainable quotas, violence, and harm to their loved ones are ongoing issues which are used to control victims. These promises and threats create a nightmare situation where the victims are afraid or are unable to leave. Number five, best practices for healthcare facilities to recognize and intervene. So why is this a risk management issue? It is known that victims are seen and treated in healthcare facilities during their imprisonment and that trafficking is a global health situation. Additional risk management concerns exist, including risk of litigation, violence from captors towards staff, patient right, human right, 
and increasing evidence of human trafficking situations within supply chains that serve healthcare. Many states have mandatory reporting laws for which noncompliance may have penalties. Keep in mind HIPAA restrictions and you must have patient permission to contact authorities if you are sharing PHI. So let's talk about best practices. Best practices include safety for the victim as well as the caregivers. This is paramount. Education for all caregivers on human trafficking. The Department of Health and Human Services has programs, as do many state organizations. This education should include how to recognize a trafficking victim, the red flags, how to report, and remember here, date-specific guidelines prevail. Any person under 18 is automatically presumed to be a victim of child abuse if they're in a trafficking situation. That means there's mandatory reporting in all 50 states. In addition, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, their number is 888-373-7888. Calling this hotline does not meet the mandatory reporting requirement of states which have this requirement, but they will guide you with appropriate steps to take to help the victim. There's also a text line. It's be free. 233733, and you can text this to get return text that will help you guide these victims. Trauma-sensitive care is indicated for these victims, and it's important to educate your caregivers on appropriate documentation. Necessary to utilize quote, do not paraphrase or summarize what the victim says, and be sure to stick to the facts. Initiate screening in all points of entry into service of the system, such as the ED, OB triage, outpatient clinic areas, urgent care centers, etc. Some screening questions to ask are, is anyone forcing you to do something you don't want to do? Have you ever been forced to have sex to pay off a debt or for any other reason? Is anyone stopping you from coming and going as you wish? Does anyone hold your documents of identification for you? Has anyone lied to you about the type of work you would be doing? Is anyone threatening you or forcing you to stay at your job or at your home? Lastly, were you ever threatened with deportation or jail if you tried to leave your situation? Facility-specific action plans for suspected trafficking victims, which of course are based on law and policy, are also best practices. It is important to have a policy in place to create a structure of your plan. Leading this plan should be a specialized group of caregivers, such as the SANE team, ED providers, social workers, or case management. You want to include a safe place for screening, translators available if necessary, as well as panic buttons to protect your staff. You should include indications for security or police involvement. You want to make sure you meet the victim's physical needs, as well as developing a safety plan for them after they are discharged. The last section of your action plan should include actions to take if the trafficking victim leaves, including any mandatory reporting obligations. The final best practice is to partner with Community Resources for Human Trafficking to coordinate the care for these victims as well as for identifying ongoing needs for the community to assure that care is continued. This may include 
options for emergency lodging, any care supplies that the individual may need, and emergency counseling to assist them through the initial transition period. I hope that you found the items we've discussed helpful for you in your practice. For additional information, you can reach out to the polarisproject.org or the humantraffickinghotline.org and that will provide you with additional guidance and information. Thanks for listening. Please visit ashram.org for further information about this topic and more educational offerings.